Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. If you have your Bibles, turn with me in your Bibles. If not, we have it up here on the screen. I am reading from the New Living Translation today. Normally, I'll read through the New King James, but I go from back and forth, and I use the NLT for good reference. But it says right here, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Verse 2, indeed, we all make many mistakes. If we could control our tongues... We would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And I want you to recognize that. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in this book through the Holy Spirit that if we can control the tongue, not only would we change present circumstances, but every other way in our life, everything will be changed. How is that possible? How is that possible? We're going to talk about that today. Verse 3 says, we can make a large, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a very small bit in its mouth. How many of you have horses? You can put the bit in the horse's mouth and you can ride it. I know there's some people in church that do. And they'll tell you that riding a horse is fun. But it's no fun when you have nothing to steer the horse with and ride it bareback, right? So there are means that we use to control the beast. Verse 4, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even through the wind, though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes a grand speeches, that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a world of fire, a world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. Now it's saying that the tongue can defile you or cause you to be dirty or unholy. It can set your whole life on fire. And that doesn't mean your life is going to be lit. Right? In today's culture, we, we, we think fire is just like, Mother, that was fire, brother. That was fire. No, this is not the kind of fire you're thinking of. This is the bad fire. This is, this is like the fire can bring damage. After the fire has gone, it has destroyed everything in your life. So fire is referred to many times in the scripture as a trial. But here's what it says. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It can set the whole world of wickedness, corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is a set on the fire even by hell itself. So the origin of the trouble sometimes is the devil working through you to make you say things you don't really want to say or didn't mean to say. People can tame all kinds of animals. In verse 7, birds, reptiles, fish, shamu. But no one can tame the tongue. Our Lord and Father, and sometimes, and sometimes it curses those. Okay, it says it is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises God, our Lord, our Father. And then sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Blessings and cursings. 
Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and grapevines and produce, or grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. The topic we're going to be touching on here today is this one question that many people have asked and maybe many have never heard of, but we are going to teach it here from a biblical perspective to help someone understand all of God's promises and God has much more for you in life. The question we're going to ask this day is, why did God choose speaking in tongues? And what is that? It's happening all around the world, even as we speak. It happens in denominations that people are hungry for more and without even knowing they're experiencing something like this in their life and don't know really what it is. Others mock it, say it's gibberish, not of God, it's of the devil. But Jesus said in one place of scripture that, you know, you can say things against the Son of Man, but if you speak against the Holy Ghost, that's a wholly different subject. So concerning the Holy Spirit, this action, we give reverence to it, we honor it, we seek it out, and we go to the scripture for answers. But I do know this, and so do a lot of other millions of people around the world, that God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And people that are hungry for God will experience things beyond the natural reasoning and logic. Because this has nothing to do with logic. It has nothing to do with your education, your wealth, your last name, or your heritage, or your DNA. This has everything to do with the born-again experience that God has for every single person in this world. Someone pray for this service right now. Say, Lord Jesus, help Pastor Bobby. Pray for the service that God would just touch your hearts. Come on, speak over it. Lord Jesus, we pray right now that your heart, our hearts would be receptive. For those watching online with us right now, we pray that your heart, God, would just transfer to their hearts and that you would bless every person that's under the sound of my voice here today as I try my best to represent you in simplicity with love and wisdom and good teaching today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Come on, give somebody like Jesus a hand clap. Tell them thank you. You can be seated. God bless you. Why are you guys so excited in church? You mean you've never been excited in your life? The reason why some churches are vibrant and others are dead is because they've found a living being. They have found that God is alive and God moves and draws close to your desire and your faith. God is so real. He's not just a figment of our imagination or just words from a book of theology. The 66 books of the Bible is comprised of everything to give evidence to us and how to seek after and how to encounter a God who is real. And if God is real, and if God has promises for us, I don't know how you feel, but I want all the promises of God in my life. And I don't want to follow God religiously. 
The moment we feel that we have figured it out and we have arrived is the moment you've just limited God and you found your end and you've left no reservation for God. Because I want you to think about this. Your mind, compare it to the mind of God. And if God is omnipresent, omniscient, if God is everywhere at one time and fills all the universe, and your mind is just a one by one, or in some cases two by two, I mean, there is no comparison. And God has a lot more to share. The Word of God is a, is a, is a, it's a map. It's a compass. It's direction. James, the brother of Jesus, who writes this book and begins to talk on a topic in relating to the Spirit of God. And somehow he begins to talk about teaching and how, you know, I, I, I'd imagine that when he was writing to the churches, that there were some people that wanted to teach, wanted to get involved in ministry. And he tried to give them a fair not warning, but just a clear understanding that they that do teach will receive a stricter judgment because we have to give an account to what we conveyed to people. Did it line up with God's word? Did we omit, omit some things from God's word? Or do we give the whole counsel of God? And at some point, we have to come to the terms and comes to the reality that Jesus didn't come to judge us, but his words will judge us in the end, the scripture says. And we will give an account to everything that we have taught. And, I, and quite honestly, I, I don't want to stand before God with timidity and saying, Lord, I was afraid to teach this subject because I was afraid what my colleagues or the pastors or the officials in our city would think. And I didn't want to be ostracized off of this experience that most people don't understand. But instead, we go into the scripture. We don't try to validate our experience, but the experience will validate the word. And so what we have realized is that when James was talking about the tongue, he was going deeper than just the tongue. He, he was trying to relate to the church that, you know, this is it, just a muscle. It, it, it's, it's releasing something. And he referred to bitter water and sweet water. And when we look at that type of language, the only one that really gave that type of analogy was Jesus himself or that type of example when he said, they that believe on me, Jesus said, they that believe in me, as the scriptures had said, out of their belly shall what? Flow rivers of living water. That's almost exactly what James was saying. And so when you look at this, you begin to contemplate, wow, that's powerful. So how important is it? Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, you can write this down. It says, death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. Of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. This is going to sound sad, but it's true. I've been married to my wife for over 25 years. And thank you. She's probably mad because I'm not accurate with the years, but that's okay. 
I just, I said, over. And I just found out last night what her favorite fruit was. Peaches. I know, it just, I, it's like I never put it together. My wife does not like certain types of fruit with her ice cream. She does not like certain types of fruit at all, but she loves peaches. I said, why didn't you tell me this? I'm just now knowing that this is your favorite fruit. We could have been having peaches and cream this entire time. That's my fault, my bad for not recognizing it. I mean, you got to pay attention. I think the scripture is a lot like that. I think many times we read through the scripture and have our own perception but overlook many of the promises or many of the traits that God has for us for us to grab a hold of. I, I th when you read the Bible, you're going to find nuggets of wisdom. You're going to find trails that lead to an intimate relationship. And it's in the word of God to help us. And Proverbs gives us a big clue here and says if you really want to understand how important it is, how the tongue is, then you've got to read this and understand that this, it causes life or death. Once again, fresh water, salty water. Has anybody been salty in this place before? I mean, when you're salty, it's bitter stuff that comes out of your mouth, right? Too much, right? So now, now, but sweet water, when you feel blessed and you feel happy and you feel full of peace and love and joy, then there's some sweet words that come out of your mouth and there's a big difference. But where does it come from? Where does it come from? I want to show you this first slide right here and I want to give you just an indication and help you understand something. You as a human being really are having a spiritual experience or you are a spirit having a human experience because the flesh that you are in right now is a capsule, a time capsule that really is going to expire one day and really what's going to live on forever is what's inside of you. So that's eternal. The soul and the spirit will live forever. But this flesh will come to an end. So we need to examine eternity. Because therein lies our, our revelation, our understanding, and things we need to seek after. And when we begin to try to accomplish things on our own and do things by our own self, own mind, own will, own emotions, we find ourselves in trouble. And then we find ourselves hurting people instead of helping people and living in frustration. But if you look at our being in our DNA, Jesus was the Word become flesh. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. What did God do in the very beginning? When God formed the world, when God established this planet and the universe, it says, God said, let there be, not God thought. Not God snapped his fingers. God spoke it. What speaking does, if we're in the nature of God and we're the image of God, speaking releases your spirit. Speaking releases what's inside of you. It's a principle you have to grab a hold of. I'm going to show you scripture to go with this. But once again, there's a reason why God chose this method. You can spend five minutes with somebody, and you'll know where their heart lies or what lies in their heart. 
by the desires, what they speak of, they'll, be, they'll, they'll, they'll just come out. I mean, even under pressure. I mean, really, when, when someone's under pressure, and you really, want, you really find out what's inside their hearts then and there, right? I mean, everyone can respond the same way to things, to good news, right? Uh, to bonuses, to, to winnings, and whatever else. We, we know what everyone says, you know, in those moments when we're celebrating, but you really want to know something about someone? Watch them under pressure, right? You got me. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Pressure. I mean, pressure does something to people. Pressure will bring out the best or the worst of what you have on the inside. In the life of Jesus, Jesus was under pressure. Jesus was pressured by the religious sect. And here in John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. This is what Jesus said. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Not compared to the Spirit. And the very words Jesus said, I have spoken to you, are spirit and life. The very words he's saying, they're spirit and life. So, so whenever Jesus healed, delivered, and raised people from the dead, he spoke it. What he was doing, he was releasing what was inside of him. He was releasing. Who was inside Jesus? The Holy Spirit, the Father, right? The Holy Ghost. Don't say ghost, Pastor. The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Christ. The anointing. The one who resurrected Lazarus was inside, and Jesus gave the indication. And he told his sisters, Mary and Martha, when he said he just sleeps, he's going to wake up in a moment. They said, we know he's going to rise up at the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. You don't understand. I have resurrection inside of me. And what did Jesus say to Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth. He released it. He released it. The reason why a lot of people find themselves in trouble is because of what they're releasing. And you find yourself in predicaments. I want you to know what the disciples saw. Peter, as much as we pick on Peter, Peter saw things that no one else saw. He had the very essence of who Jesus was in his heart, and he perceived it. He failed. He made mistakes. But listen to what Peter says, because there was a moment when Jesus was speaking and teaching, and everyone was offended. They were upset, and they left. And Jesus turned to the 12 in John 6, 67 and 66. John 6, 67 and 66. Write that down. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Are you afraid of what people think? Are you afraid of what was said? Simon Peter replied, listen to this. This is so rich. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. He didn't say, where are we going to go? You have the signs, the miracles, and the wonders. Where are we going to go? Where else can we get fish and bread from like you produce? Where else can we get 
money out of a fish's mouth. He didn't say anything about money, nothing about prosperity, nothing about miracles, nothing about the, the healings, the blind eyes opening. He said, you have the words. He knew the source to what was happening in his sight was all found back to the source of who he was. And whatever came out of his mouth came to pass. Someone look at your neighbor and tell them, it's important how you speak. It's important. Because point number one, your words will change your world. Your words will change your world. I'm trying to build a foundation for you to understand, first of all, why words are so important and why God chose tongues. God formed the world with his words, and you form your world with yours. So it's very important to understand the source. Jesus gave us the source right here, Matthew 15, write this down, Matthew 15, 8 through 12. You can go look it up in the New King James Version at home. I'm going to read it in the NLT. He said, these people honor me with their lips. This is the moment, and I'll just give you a little, little glimpse into it. This is the moment when Jesus walks in with his disciples, and they eat, and they don't wash their hands. and They break the traditions of the Pharisees. And the religious people, and the religious people were really upset, and they went to Jesus and said, well, how come your disciples aren't washing their hands? Jesus came back with a good one, because he was speaking from a spiritual perspective, because he was setting the platform for a new covenant, a New Testament experience, because now he was fixing to change their world. Jesus was not religious, folks. Jesus was relational. And it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You mean your lips and your heart? I mean, that you can contradict and you can say things you don't mean. And yeah, that's called a lie, right? It's called a false witness. It, 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 and then he said, then there's some things like their worship is a farce. Uh, now, I have to be honest with you. I don't know if they misspelled it and meant force. But look up the word, because it means that it's a contradiction. It's, they teach man-made ideas, in other words. It's far off. Man-made ideas that commands, like as commandments from God. That's what religion is. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come here. And he said, listen, he said, and try to understand it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And the disciples came to him and asked him, Do you realize, Lord, you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? You know what, the, you know what causes us not to follow Jesus? What other people think sometimes. But remember, he has the words to eternal life. And if you can get the concept that Jesus is still in your life and wants to be in your heart, then you're going to follow him because you know the results, the end result is eternal life. How many of you are thankful for heaven? I mean, come on. How many of you are thankful that it doesn't end here? 
It doesn't end. When it ends here, it's just a beginning over there. And so listen to what happened. Then the disciples, they didn't understand, and Jesus explained to everyone. Listen to how Jesus said it. He said, Matthew 15, 17, and 19, he said, anything you eat passes through your stomach and goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That is what defiles you. From the heart comes, and I want you to look at this chart. Here's what the scripture has it right here. He said, from the heart, from the very center of your being, the heart isn't the blood pumper. The heart is the very essence of life, your spirit, man, where the, where the life of God flows through. It's like the blood flows through your heart because life is in the blood. The heart, you understand that, right? Well, through your spiritual heart, your, your spirit, man, that's where the spirit of God comes from, the life of God. And the heart has to beat, right? Well, here's the deal. The spirit has to move. And it moves through your words and through your actions. But he said, the source of this under your old nature. The old man has evil thoughts. That's where they stem from. Evil thoughts. Murder. That begins with hate. Adultery. That breaks up marriages. All sexual sin. Theft. Lying. And what's, what's amusing about this and slander, what's amusing about all of these things is that you don't have to take your kids to a special class to teach them how to do any of these things. We were given this by our inherited nature because of the fall of Adam. I mean, I remember the first time my, my boy and my girl lied to me. I'm like, oh my God, I thought... I failed as a parent, right? Like I tried to do everything right, God, and now they're lying. You know, God help me. You try to cast a demon, and it's not a demon. I, it's not the devil and and your kids. It's a nature, a sinful nature, something they inherited, and that's why you got the chancla. The modern day chancla, by the way, is an Otterbox phone case. FYI. So, you know, it, it's, you got to correct it. And the scripture teaches, you know, may sound old-fashioned to somebody, but I guarantee you it's the only way that boy, that girl's going to straighten up and not do it again. Said, spare the rod, spoil the child. Sometimes you got to just a couple of times on the high knee. That's why God gave you a lot of fat right there. It's not in the message, but I just thought I'd say it. You're not going to kill them. You're not going to hurt them. What's in the heart? That's what's naturally in the heart. And we feed that. And the words that come out of our mouth pre-Christ, B.C., it's a lot of this right here. And you didn't have to fight against it. And guess what? Those channels have wired the sinner's mind to naturally fall into that without any hesitation and then the devil himself is what's really you give him place that's why he has influence in the world because some people are still living under their old nature 
But when the heart, point number two, is fully surrendered, the tongue follows. When the heart is fully surrendered to God, the tongue follows. I want to show you the next slide right here. And I want to just use this for a moment. Keep it here. There are different parts of our whole being. We are body, soul, and spirit. There's a lot of controversy of whether or not we're body and spirit only, body, soul, and spirit. I'm just following the scriptures. Well, the scripture says we are body, soul, and spirit. Dividing asunder the word of God, soul, and spirit, like a joint in the marrow. But most Christians live in a, if, if they don't fully follow after God, they're limiting themselves to just one dimension or two dimensions. When you begin to follow after God, you have to choose to follow him wholeheartedly with all of your being. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandments that Moses gave? And Jesus said, to love the Lord thy God. With all your heart, all your mind, and all your might. You know what those three are? All your heart, your spirit, all your soul, your mind, will, emotions, and all your, it said, being, strength, physical. We have the physical part down, but being physically Engage with God is limited to religions. Because you can come and sit in church, but coming and sitting in a church doesn't save you. No more than you sitting in your garage makes you a car. Coming to church is a body experience. Listening and reading the word of God is a soulless experience, and singing the worship songs is another emotional, soulish experience, and just making sure you stay here without walking out early is a will being bent to stay here. That's a willful thing. But the spiritual end is a full, ongoing experience that has no limitation. And many times people live in two dimensions. They live in a place where they say, in their heart, no one knows this but God. I can't call it out unless God uses me in the gifts or something crazy happens. And it's happened before where God spoke to me about something and I said it to someone. They're like, how did you know? I said, I didn't know. God knew. It's not me. It's God, right? Have you, God ever used you that way? Has God ever used anybody like that? God uses people to help you find direction. But when you come to God and you say, God, I love you so much, but you can only come in to two parts of my being because there's one room in my heart that's just a mess. And I'm embarrassed and I don't know. I'm scared to succeed. I'm scared I'm going to fail. I'm scared that I'm just going to fall back into the entrapment. What it's like, it's like when you have company come over and they're only allowed in the kitchen, the living room, and the restroom, but they have to stay out of that one room where you threw all the cochas and all the blankets and the pillows and, right? All the dirty clothes, all the socks, everything. Who's coming over? 
Why didn't you tell me? When are they going to be here? In five minutes. No, hombre, let's go. Everything. Everything. Right? Everything. Right? That was dumb. I'm going to need that again. So you... Everything, you know, you don't even think about it, right? That's what we do when we come to church sometimes. See, you ain't got to tell nobody. It's easy to do this. Easy to do this. The music's right. If the music's on point, it's easy. When you got a good drummer, right? It's easy, right? When the songs and everybody's harmonizing, it's easy. Oh, ah, mm, right? Yeah, okay. Oh, and it's just easy, right? I'm old, I know. Easy, but the secret places that means I gotta cry, and I ain't gonna cry in front of nobody. Watch this that means I gotta say something, that means I have to confess to God and say I'm sorry. And, and I've just got too much pride, right? I'm not ready to go that far. I mean, I, I just got my, my new mascara on, just, not today, I'll do it later when I get home after I shower. It's not going to happen. See, these corporate moments happen, and the scripture says that when two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. That's why he came to take care of business. And when you're in the presence of God, it's the moment to get things right with God. That's why in this church, we don't ever judge anybody if they have tears coming down their face. We don't ever pass judgment on anybody if they come to the front and kneel down. That's how they want to do it. If they just surrender their life, if they're praying out loud, it doesn't matter as long as you give your life to God wholeheartedly. That's why if you ever wondered why the music's so loud in here, it's because we have asked our technicians have the volume up to a certain level to create a silence cone around every person just enough where if they do want to converse with God, their neighbor can't hear them. That's why we do that here. And for somebody who thinks it's too loud, that's why we offer earplugs at the very entrance of the church in case you missed it. Yeah. That's because people have come in and we respect that. But our whole, I think, God's objective here is for people to just let it go. I mean, let it go, man. Why hold on to that for so long? It's only an issue that God can deal with, not me. Not your neighbor, but God. But God. But there are boundaries. You can even read a devotional that's a soulish experience. That's a soulish experience. You can have good devotions every day. If you want to know why some people are still dealing with addictions and cycles and old nature thing, old, the things you felt like you've been, that your mom and dad may have had, and, and the, the, the scripture says that even the sins of the father can be passed down up to, third, up to the first, second, and third generation. And you can almost, through an old nature and old habits, inherit your forefather's nature. But you can be born again with a new nature. And the spirit of Christ comes in and baptizes your spirit. Goes through, through your actions, through your mind. And it's accepted 
as you surrendered your spirit. Most people live in the body and the soul realm. When you first come to Christ, the blood at the cross, that's where the spirit of God begins to interact with you and rest on you. And the soul, that's where God begins to dwell in you, in your thoughts. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the spirit of Christ in your life because of the blood. But you see the difference between, I've said it once, I'm going to say it probably about 25 more times for us to catch it. You have the Holy Ghost. But the spirit of baptism is when the Holy Ghost has you. Has you completely. You have fully surrendered to the will of God and you allowed your will to become his will. It is very hard to live without the power of God in your life. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. Power. Why did the uh, disciples, why were they told by Jesus in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke to go to Jerusalem and wait in Jerusalem until they be endued are the spirit of God, the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit come upon them and be in them. With God in the Old Testament, we learned this. Just a recap. The first part of the semester, we talked about the holiness of God, how God is holy. The second part of this semester, we talked about the blood of Jesus and the blood trail through all ages, ultimately leading to the Lamb of God, that now through the blood, a holy God can have interaction with his humanity because of the blood. Then we talked about now the old system became a new system, and now you are the house of God. And God was never, never, ever intended himself to be living in a box, the Ark of the Covenant. God wanted to live in your heart. So we learned that through a born-again experience, you have become the temple of God, and you are born into a body, and the body is the church, and through the church, when people surrender their life to Christ, the blood is applied, and your water baptized, and the water is broken, and when you're filled with the Spirit, the breath comes. That's just a recap. But why do people speak in tongues? What is this all about? And is this experience for everyone or just for me? Or someone else? Or is it not for me? I've got God. Great, you've got God, but God wants to have you. Completely. Completely. Point number three and the last point is this. Full actually means full. A lot of people look at their life and they think this is full. If you look at this bottle of water, there's just probably an inch of air. Good, it made it nice snapped. If you open this thing, it never slaps. It snaps, don't drink it. It's a seal. Remember we talked about seals? We're sealed with the Holy Ghost. But here's, here's because it keeps things out of our lives. But most Christians, sometimes they, they, they think they're full, but they're, missed, they're just one little area in their life. They don't want to get rid of. There's that one little bitty place. Jesus told the religious world, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, 
three quarters of the way full. All of your heart. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Flow. That's when the pressure comes on you and it comes out of you. Instead of saying, blankety, blank, 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 you're going to say, praise God, praise God, praise God. <laughs> when you have reservations, I promise you, if whatever is there, when the pressure comes, it will come out. I'm going to, okay, so none of you, that's never happened to any of you. You've never said a bad word that, that I'm not saying I do it now. I'm just saying, but throughout your Christian walk, was there ever a moment that something just kind of blah, And you thought to yourself, I thought I was saved. Okay, true story. God saved me. God touched my life. I was, I was on fire for God, and I was going to the church. But I worked out in the construction field, and I was out there for a while, and I'd get around guys, and I never, I never told about joke. I, I think I semi-laughed at one. I mean, you've never done that before. You don't want to laugh, but it's just too good. <laughs> and after one long shutdown, any men in here know about shutdowns? Yes, sir. Turnarounds. I try my best to keep right. I went to church every time the doors are open, midweek services, Sunday services. So I was off a weekend, and I was like, praise God, I'm going to take the jet skis out. Used to have jet skis. We were lighter. And so we went out with a buddy of mine, and we went out on the jet skis. And we're out there. And we're, we're, it was a three-seater, so, you know, he sat behind me, and we were, like, going wide open. We're out there. All of a sudden, we hit something in the water. I don't, I don't know if it was a wave or a, a, a log, but it was hard and heavy. I thought we were going to flip in the air. And I went, oh. <laughs> he looked at me. He goes, Brother Bobby. <laughs> I said, dude, I don't know. I don't know what just happened. I don't talk like that. I thought I got delivered from that. I could not figure out where it came from. I started praying against the devil. Devil, you lying devil. Honey, bring me the olive oil. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. Because I wanted to be clean and be right and do the right thing and have my words and the meditations of my heart that David said be acceptable. In the eyes of God, I started to look at my life at that moment, and here's what I realized. Although I wasn't telling the bad jokes, I was tolerating them, and I was around it. And I laughed at one here and there. Although I was listening to gospel music all the time, when I got around them, I'd give in to the tunes that they were blaring out of their radios. So what I learned was, was this, 
because I didn't start my mornings off full, what was available for everyone else, they had space to pour into. And without even knowing, my, eye, my eyes and my ears were the channels to my heart. And what I allowed to come in there dwelt, and I didn't know it, but it would come out under pressure. So here's what I did. From that point on, I carried, before technology was out, I carried my little pocket Gideon Bible. I would read that word all day long and I would begin to memorize it. Every single morning, every morning, I would go to the church, pray in the spirit every single day, which was releasing and submitting my heart completely to God. And rivers of living water would come out. Look at the next slide. I was regenerating. See, to regenerate means to rebuild and to restore. And the things that are in your spirit will begin to form channels in your mind. The old nature wired you a certain way within your brain. It's a fact. If you study the brain, there are electric impulses that have channels and pathways according to what mood you're in, to what you say, to what you do. But they did a study, and you can type this in on YouTube, about speaking in tongues, a phenomenon, where doctors have done research and put the x-ray, whatever that may be, that goes on their head to pick up the, the, the movement of the brain. They put all kinds of sensors, and you understand what I'm talking about, right? I can't catch the right verbiage for it. Yeah, MRI would come and put it on them and diagnose the movement of the brain. And they found out that they did the examination on these people that when they were praying in the spirit, through their spirit, that the part of the frontal lobe with the required movement to talk wasn't moving at all. It was bypassing it. There's one thing that you can do that doesn't require you to think. Breathe. Breathing is in another part of your brain located in a different location than where your sense, other, other sensors are to move your arms and to speak. Breathing is in another location. That's why you can do it simultaneously without thinking. While you are in prayer, your spirit man should do it naturally, but in the process, he will regenerate because of the power of God, and it will begin to change you and rewire you. And that old nature will be changed. That's why Jesus told Peter. When Peter said, Lord, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. I'll die for you. Jesus told Peter, when you were little, you went where you wanted to. But when you're old, I'm going to take you places you would have never gone. In other words, signifying his death. He was going to die for Christ. He said, but when you get older, he said, when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. See, there is a convergence stage. Peter wasn't always the man who stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached that great message where 3,000 souls came to get saved. Peter 
had to go through a transformation stage and have an experience and have the power of God inside of him to give him a backbone. He did not have the backbone he thought he had. Cutting off the ear to the servant of the high priest did not make him a man. What made him a man of God was standing in front of opposition and saying, I love Jesus and here's who he is, and here's what he can do, and the promise is for you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. But study the scripture. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with this kind of power. Then you'll have what you need to go out into a world. And the very way that I did it, you're going to do it but Greater the work shall you do. So what happens, Pastor Bobby? What, what, what does all this mean? Here's what it means. When James, the brother of Jesus, was speaking to us, the church, and saying, no man can tame the tongue, he was right. But don't let tongues confuse you. But Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, so the tongue is connected to the heart. Yes, sir. And really what no one could control wasn't the tongue, it was the heart. But when the heart has fully surrendered to God, and remember, your words create your world. And if you're going to get anything from God, it's not going to be like this. I'm waiting. Right? This is like you, like half asleep, half awake. Thinking you're just going to fall. No, 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 no. You got to talk because you have to create a cycle. Your words form your worlds. See, death and life is the power of the what? Why? Because that's where your spirit's released. You can release life or you can release death. You can build things up or you can tear things down. You can hate or you can love. You can encourage or you can discourage. But it all comes from your spirit. So whenever you see somebody that has fully surrendered and they have said, God, come into the secret places of my heart. When they're caught up in it, and they're just saying, I love you, Jesus. I surrender, Jesus. You want to know how my oldest boy got the baptism? All my kids, by the way, have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All of them got it when they were babies. I say babies. They were young. You want to know how? Here's how my oldest boy got it. My oldest boy got it when my wife and him were driving down the road, and she got a phone call from someone that said they were in the hospital and my son had a spirit of compassion that came on him and my wife said we got to pray for him son and he started praying and said God heal them God save them God he kept on praying and it came out my youngest daughter got it and I'm not trying to compare my kids with your kids or anyone else I'm telling you God is no respect to people person age nobody my daughter, my youngest daughter, got it right over there where my wife is sitting during a revival we had in this church. And the Spirit of God was so strong. And she was in the front row with tears down her face. And she was crying. And she lifted her voice. And there was another tongue that came out. And she got it. 
So if you wonder, if you ever really want to wonder how, how to properly rear your children up and bring them up, I'm going to tell you how. Get the Holy Ghost, teach it to them, and the Holy Ghost will raise them up for you when you teach them how to pray. And they have power in their life. Now, if you're in this building and you feel like, oh, I don't believe that, man, that's just a bunch of religion, religious thinking, just flat out religion. But when the Bible says, read the book of Acts, it happened everywhere. The regeneration of the spirit is so vitally important for us. Paul said, I pray, I, I know I speak in tongues more than you all. He told the Corinthian church, all of them. Full means full. Jeremiah 24 and 7, I'm coming to a close. Then I will give them a heart to know me. This is prophecy from Jeremiah the prophet. That I am the Lord. They shall be my people. I will be their God. And they shall return to me with what? Their whole heart. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All of it. No reservations. The heart is connected to the tongue. The heart is connected to the tongue. And the tongue is a sign that God is in full control. Write this down. Ma uh, Mark 16 and 16. Go home and read it. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils and they shall speak in new tongues. Why? Because solidifying that the deepest part of your being has now been released from under the influence of the devil and your own will. And you have fully surrendered it to God. And to give you a sign and an indication for that, what you had no control over and what you couldn't tame, God said, I'll do it. I'll do it. You want to know what really happens when you pray in the spirit and you allow God to do it? The words that you don't have to say and don't know what to say, the spirit says, I'll, I have the words for you. I'll speak through you. I'll give you my word. You see, the word of God, the spirit and the word can't be separated. So that's why Jude said, pray in your most holiest or purest faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Go look it up in the book of Jude. Praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words... The Spirit of God is beginning to flesh you out and praying for areas of your life. Like, you know, you have to understand that God wants to see your life saved and your children saved. And he wants to bless you more than you want the blessing. And he wants to move in your life more than you want him to move. And sometimes we just don't know what to pray. Sometimes this brain doesn't work as good as we want it to work. But the Holy Ghost knows how to pray through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. For he makes intercession according to the will of God, according to Romans. So don't knock it till you tried it. Because this is where God begins to pray through you.
and you start your day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Ghost. That's why the scripture says, don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Has anybody ever been drunk under the Holy Ghost in this place? I mean, really, have you ever just kind of, oh, ho, ho, ha, whoa, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody's ever been under the influence where all you can do is smile. All you can do is say hallelujah. All you can do is say, man, have a blessed day. Why are you smiling? Because I'm under the influence of God, and I'm filled with something in my life. And I don't have room for anything else. Come on, girl. I don't have room for anything else or no one else. So if you don't want somebody pouring bad habits into your life, get full in the morning. If you don't want somebody putting garbage in your can, get full in the morning. That's how you do it. And when it tries to come into your life, I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to put something in something that has a flow to it. It's hard to put something in there. It's hard. You ever have a water hose with good pressure on it? You ever, in your, I mean, we didn't have Gatorade bottles. Ours was the, we wanted something to drink when we were playing outside. But do you ever do this when you're a kid? When pressure's coming out in words of praise, that's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times and let his praise continually be in my mouth. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from your spirit, your very being and who you are as a person. Who you are really is not what you see in the mirror. Who you are is what's in your spirit. You can look in the mirror all day long and you can have every hair parted just right. But that's not what's inheriting eternal life. What's inheriting eternal life is not the flesh that we pamper. It's going to be the spirit that we feed. And I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Ghost in my life. Full means full. So here's what I'm going to leave you with. Generation takes place in a repented heart. It's the areas of your life where you say, Father, forgive me. I choose to stop that. And by your grace, which is the power of God, the unmerited favor to help me to walk this out and to live this life, to do your will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I can't do it without your will, without your power. I repent of every way. I might fail, but I know you're going to pick me back up. I'm probably going to stumble, but Lord, I'm going to get back up. I'm not afraid to succeed because even if I fall, you said seven times, which is a, really the word seven is a number of completion. That means if you have a life where you fall every now and then, you're never going to be able to get rid of failure or ever going to be without mistakes. But the good news is, is that he said he would never leave you or forsake you either. You won't fail because God can't. And greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world. And there is no devil that can stop God's blessings in your life. How many people want to give God all the space he needs in your heart right now? How many people want to fully surrender right now? Come on, stand to your feet right now. Let's just do that together. Here's 
here's your weekly challenge. We challenge you every week. Fast if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And fast to be filled with God, the fullness of God. The reason why some people aren't full of God is because they're too full of Doritos. The reason why some people can't hear the voice of God is because tortilla chips makes too loud of a crunch. I mean, you got to push away sometimes and say, I'm, I'm, I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm going to fast for him because I want more of him. He must increase. I must lift your hands and let's just worship. You can have this experience anytime you desire and you've made up your mind. It's time to get right with God. It's time to have more of God. I'm tired of just being saved. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I'm tired of just being religious. I want excitement in my life. I want to see things that Jesus did in my life. I want to see angels interacting in my life. I want to see healed, healings take place in my life. I want more of God. If you want more of God, lift your hands right now. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, those that are watching and those that are here, I pray that your spirit, God, be just, just let it permeate the atmosphere. Just let it begin to, God, feel the hungry hearts here today. If there's anybody, God, that you desire to feel, God, let it be from their desire. God, touch every person here today. God, touch every person here today. Teach us how to surrender. Teach us how to talk to you. Teach us how to surrender our hearts to you holy. Teach us, God, not to walk in two dimensions or in one dimension. Let us walk in three dimensions, Father, and be filled with the Holy Ghost, God, and filled with your presence today. Filled with your presence today, God. In Jesus' name, come on, let's sing. Sing, 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 come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.